Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Say hi to Ted Rossman. Ted knows a thing or two about rewards points and what they can add up to, but what's weird is people don't seem to be using them. Ted is a senior industry analyst at Bankrate. How many rewards points or how many people didn't use them last year, Ted? 23% didn't use any over the past year. So that's a lot of people leaving a lot of value on the table. I think that's the main point here. Just like you may have some unused gift cards lying around, unused rewards points are a problem. And they're not going to get more valuable over time. I say put these to work. I think it could be a good inflation-busting strategy. Mm. Did you say they are a problem? Why are they a problem? I just think the fact that people are not using them is an issue because they lose value to inflation. They lose value to program changes. A lot of airlines and hotels devalue these points periodically. So maybe this year it's 50,000 points or miles for a free flight or hotel stay, and maybe next year it'll be 60,000. These are all reasons why it's best to earn and burn them strategically. What about rewards points when it comes to like Sam's Club or I shop at a far Western store sometime called High V and last week I got to get my I bought gas for two eighty eight a gallon because they discounted it thirty seven cents a gallon because of my rewards points. I'm a fan of any and all rewards programs. I mean, especially if they're free, and most of them are. Yeah, sign up at the grocery store, sign up for frequent flyer miles, credit card points. The only thing with credit cards is you have to make sure that you're paying in full to avoid interest. That's really the key. You don't want to pay 20% interest just to get 2% in cash back. But assuming you can pay in full, and just over half of cardholders do that every month, that's when this really amounts to free money. Cashback is most popular because it's very simple and universal. Travel points can be more lucrative, but they're also a little bit more work to find the best deals and travel on the optimal dates. But really, as as long as you're paying in full and avoiding interest, it's all free money and it's kind of personal preference beyond that. Ted Rossman is a senior industry analyst at Bankrate. Does it break down to... Age groups, like who is using the rewards points, are retired folks more likely to use them because they've got the time to, let's face it, it takes a little research and you have to dig them up and put them to use as opposed to people who might be too busy with their career? Interestingly, young adults are the most savvy about using their rewards points and miles. They tend to redeem more often. They also are much more likely than older adults to use their rewards for travel. And that's something that we've really seen the past several years where young adults love experiences, whether it's travel or dining, getting into the airport lounge. Um, So a lot of credit card rewards programs really cater to Gen Zers and millennials love of experiences. Um, But really across the board, you can't go wrong as long as you're avoiding interest and finding something meaningful to you. I mean, I actually think a no-fee 2% cashback card, that's a really simple, transparent, universal option for a lot of people. 
Somebody just said if miles count if miles count as reward points, I use them for my monthly trips to visit my daughter in Denver. I never pay for a flight. What I have found when it comes to miles, when I go to book a flight, they're going to give me a flight with two or three legs. Like, but I don't want that flight, and they seem to devalue my points. There are devaluations. That is a concern because. Obviously, airlines and hotels went through a rough time during the pandemic. They weren't paying customers. So rewards points can be useful, um, but sometimes they make you jump through some hoops to find the best routing. I actually really like those transferable points programs. So like Chase Ultimate Rewards, Amex Membership Rewards, that opens up a lot of options with transfer partners. You, know, you can often find some sweet spots there. You might need to put in a little work. Um, but yeah, bottom line, you know, it's kind of personal preference. If you'd rather keep it really simple and get cash back, you can use that for everything from a statement credit to a bank account deposit, even offsetting certain purchases. Um, but the main idea is as long as you're avoiding interest, uh, this is all free money. Uh, you know, according to your research and what you just said, 42% of Gen Z and 39% of millennials with rewards credit cards redeemed their rewards for travel in the past year. Only 17% of Gen X and 14% of boomers did the same. Is it the ease that they have with technology? Is it difficult to re- to use these rewards points? Is that, is that why other generations are lagging? It could be part of it. I think that A lot of these young adults are looking for champagne travel on a beer budget, if you will. You know, that's really the the calling card of things like the Chase Sapphire Reserve that came out in 2016 and really changed the game for especially millennial and Gen Z travelers. Because for a relatively modest annual fee, you get into the airport lounge, you can get first class upgrades, like... There's a lot of credits that can offset the annual fee. It, it used to be $450. Now it's 550 But when you take off the $300 that they give you for travel and the $100 or so that you use for a global entry or TSA pre-check membership and all the free lounge visits and the upgrades and the free trips and all that stuff, um, this is really what a lot of young adults in particular are gravitating to. Okay, somebody just asked, what about American Express points? I have almost 500,000 points that I've never redeemed. Well, the good news is that those are probably worth at least $5,000, I'll say. I mean, that's probably a conservative valuation, one cent per point. I mean, you might be able to do much better than that. Um, That's a good example of real value that's time to unlock, that, you know, not like your 401k. You don't want to be a points millionaire. You want to earn enough to get a free flight, but you know you actually want to use them at some point. I mean, that right there, we're talking probably, I mean, that could be five first class flights to Asia. I mean, that's, that's a lot of value. So definitely a good time to get a trip on the calendar. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Ted. We appreciate what you had to offer. Maybe it'll inspire a few people to uh, go and research their points right now. I hope so. Thanks for having me.